We're back. Uh, you know, it's been a hot minute. A lot's happened. You know what our last article was, Maya? Hmm. I believe it was November 18th. <laughs> a lot's happened. There have been, I think, conservatively 24 debates then, since then. <laughs> it feels that way. And I'm sure a lot of people have dropped out. Uh-huh. Two people. Well, three people that we care about. Two major ones and one that I will be missing greatly. Would you like to enlighten us on who those people are, Frederick? The two major ones are Kamala Harris, the senator from California, and Cory Booker, the senator from New Jersey. Meaning that an already not super diverse field is now less so. Um, The person that I will miss dearly is everyone's favorite crystal saleswoman. Marianne Williamson. Marianne Williamson, aww. Is no longer... <laughs> I was about to say is no longer with us. Is no longer with us. She died. she died. She became one with her crystals. Isn't that the ultimate goal, though, Maya? Honestly, yes. <laughs> so, moving past whatever that was, Iowa, the first of the Democratic primaries, although te- Iowa's technically a caucus, is only two weeks away Oh my god, really? It is on February 3rd, and that is when we will finally find out what people's support are actually like. Yeah, and they've been, polls in Iowa have been, like, all over the place. Yeah, but I saw one from Emerson a few days ago that showed Amy Klobuchar up to 10%, which is... I just saw the exact same thing. Wild. Um, But we're not going to talk too much about Iowa today, because as our dear friend... Zachary John Miller says, trying to predict Iowa right now is a loaded dice roll. He does say that, yes. And I, I mean, he's right. So what are we going to talk about, Fred? Instead, we're going to talk about some supreme tomfoolery that occurred earlier in the week. See, you and I have different different opinions about this, but... That's why we have two voices on this podcast. Okay, Fred, what do you think was this tomfoolery? What I refer to as supreme tomfoolery was the New York Times editorial board's endorsement of, I'm going to say, a Democratic candidate came out, even though that's not correct. Um, came out, I believe it was Monday evening. Now, traditionally, the New York Times editorial board endorses a candidate from the Democratic primary, and actually probably both fields, when, you know, there are multiple candidates in each field. Although there are multiple... Bill Weld even... Yeah, there are multiple multiple Republican candidates, but they um, don't matter. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, that's what normally happens. And it usually gives a nice little bump to whoever gets that endorsement. The New York Times editorial board this year changed tack a little. They uh-huh. endorsed both Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts and Senator Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota, saying that they wanted to represent both sides of the field, the more moderate side and the more left-leaning side of the field. You could say the New York Times is a very feminist organization. No. (laughs) (laughs) 
My, if your bar for being a feminist organization is recognizing two women. Honestly? At this point, yeah. It's a pretty good bar. I it's a low bar, but it's a good bar. It's a low bar, but we have to start somewhere. Um, I honestly see little problem with this. Fred disagrees, but I see a little problem. I think it's not a bad choice. Like, I think the field is, even though a lot of people have dropped out, the field is still crowded. And I think, because it's the Democratic primary, right? They're not competing against any of the Republicans. So it makes sense to give options to both the people who are on the farther left side and the more moderate uh, voters. Yeah, but to your point of it's still crowded, this could have been an opportunity to help clear things out a little. If, like, the New York Times had thrown its support behind one person, it's possible that that would have changed polls up enough. It's unlikely, but it's possible it would have changed polls up enough for some people to drop out. People like, frankly, Amy Klobuchar and other people in the in the sort of more moderate, lower spectrum. Yeah, but Amy polls. Klobuchar was up and, in the polls even before the New York Times. But only this week. I mean, yeah, but still. To your this week other is... point of they're trying to appeal to sort of both ends. I like again. I don't really see that because it's not like. It solved any... The New York Times endorsement could have been an opportunity to solve some undecideds. And it's not. It's not like if they had just endorsed Elizabeth Warren, it's not like Amy Klobuchar's supporters were going to see that and then go over to her. And it's not like if they had just endorsed Amy Klobuchar, Elizabeth Warren's supporters would have seen that and gone over to her. It was. It could have been an opportunity to not necessarily, not necessarily fully convince, but give a nudge to the great deal of undecideds that are still present in this race. Okay. And that's my issue. Also, it just feels like a little bit of a cop-out. Yeah, I I see your point. It does feel kind of like they were like, uh, they want their cake and they're going to eat it too. Like, they're just like, they don't want to make anyone upset. It, Yeah. It's a little frustrating. <laughs> it's a little bit like especially, a participation award. Like, everyone wins. Especially a, just two weeks before, like, the first primary when things are going to start getting mm-hmm. cleared out. It's like, we're going to pick two winners. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I was deeply unsettled by that. It's, it is a bit odd. Kudos to them for picking two women. Yay! At least they stopped short of just endorsing all the women in the race. Because <laughs> they didn't endorse Tulsi Gabbard. I forgot she was still in the race. Yep. She beat a um, supporter in a push-up contest at a town hall of hers. That's incredible! Yeah. <laughs> that would have been so good for my bit later. I know. Oh, I didn't even see it. Yeah. I forgot she was in the race, so I didn't look her up. So... New York Times came out this week. It was mildly frustrating. Was it the most frustrating thing in this race? No, because that's still <laughs> Tom Steyer and Michael Bloomberg. Oh, my God. I get nonstop Michael Bloomberg ads. It's... Re- Especially... Like... 
any positive will that Michael Bloomberg has been seeking by just this like constant online advertisement presence has been wiped out by how constant his ads are and now I just despise him. Well, see, they feel constant here, but I live like back home in Rake, I live about 40 minutes from the Iowa border, which means like all our news stations are like the Iowa news stations cuz okay. the biggest city around us is in Iowa. <laughs> so all of our My, like, you up, live in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I know. And the biggest city around us is on the border of Iowa. And so all of our commercial breaks, I counted once, one commercial break had three Tom Steyer, two Michael Bloomberg, and one Joe Biden. And I said, can we please do something else? Can you imagine living in Iowa right now? I mean, can you imagine living in Iowa, period? But can you imagine living in (laughs) Iowa right now? I can, because I get all the Iowa ads. (laughs) So I have heard so much about both Michael Bloomberg and Tom Steyer's campaigns. As usual, the concept of billionaire is irritating. Always. Always, always irritating. <laughs> Did you see? So everything, like, you saw uh, the the comments that Hillary Clinton made earlier in the week where she was like, nobody likes Bernie. <laughs> and saw a tweet. You didn't see this because you're not on Twitter. But I saw, I saw a tweet from Tom Steyer that said I don't mean to get into the middle of this which he did comma I like Bernie (laughs) end tweet end tweet that's like such and it's the second time that he's like walked up in some sort in the middle of some like heavy stuff because at the end of the last debate after like Warren when Warren and Bernie were having their tense exchange where we're Warren was like, I think you just called me a liar on national television. And Bernie was like, oh, no. <laughs> I can't remember what it, I can't remember the transcripts have what he says. But at one point in the video, you can see Tom Steyer come up and stand, like, like just slightly behind the two of them <laughs> and, like, pat Bernie on the back <sighs> and, like, look at them and acknowledge both of them and then walk away. Tom Steyer's a Bernie bro. You heard it here He's first. He's hilarious. Oh, my God. And kind of looked like a child walking up to their arguing parents with, like, an empty bowl of soup (laughs) and then walking away when he realizes he doesn't get to get anything. He's frustrating, but he keeps doing such funny stuff. He doesn't look like a lost puppy. He looks like a lost old, old dog. (laughs) It's like... Yeah, that's... uh Uh-huh. You know when you see, like, golden retrievers where, like, their snout is not golden? It's more like a sort of crisp snow. Yes. That feels about right. And just wander around. So I think we've delved far enough off our topic <laughs> to move to my segment. We managed to, like, vaguely cover two topics. Yeah. Of, I don't like the New York Times anymore, and I don't like billionaires. So now we go to my segment. So I have for you, two truths and a lie. Woo! Fred? Yeah? Your record in this. Horrible. Is O for, I don't know, like five, it? four, whatever, how many, how many podcasts we have. Yeah. I have, first, Elizabeth Warren is known for her love of her dog, Bailey. Yes. Golden Retriever. Adorable. Already mentioned Golden Retrievers. Yes. At a rally recently, Bailey turned heads with a new bright red bandana. Um, mm. 
in which multiple news organizations speculated that this bandana was an appeal to moderate voters. Wait. <laughs> they think that they're fools. Um, Second, Amy Klobuchar, famously kind of... The other woman endorsed by the New York Times. The other woman endorsed by the New York Times. And climbing her way up the polls... Is Amy Klobuchar the other woman? Um, the other day stated, um, or she was quoted suggesting that if she was elected, she would declassify UFO secrets. Wait. Oh, <laughs> really? Finally. Oh, wait. In typical crotchety old man fashion. Is this a story about Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders? Bernie Sanders was quoted saying he has no apps on his smartphone and was once and once said um, that he was old-fashioned and his grandkids often come over and are always looking at their damn machines rather than talking to anybody else. That was good voice work. Thank you. Did you ever do theater? <laughs> okay, let me think. Those are your three stories. So, here's my thinking. I follow Elizabeth Warren on Instagram. Okay. So, I feel like if there had been Bailey content, I would have seen it. Admittedly, I don't pay a ton of attention to her Instagram stories because there are a lot of the same kind of, like, rally footage. Mm-hmm. But I tend to, like, notice dogs because they don't look like people. Okay. Um, so I feel like I would have seen that. At the moment, I'm saying that is the lie. But, and I will offer, I will continue to offer reasoning. As I feel like I saw that Bernie Sanders thing. It's possible that I'm just extrapolating from that meme that's going around of him typing on a computer and it's the old Disney games, mm-hmm. um, which a I'm a meme. huge fan of. And, like, Amy Klobuchar, like, that would be the kind of, like, wild, out-of-nowhere thing I would kind of expect to see from her. And, like, if it's true, it makes me excited, but I also know that if she's, like, if she were to actually carry through on that, it would be, like, the sort of, like, politician kind of thing where she'd be like... I know I, I said I was going to declassify them, but there are actually no UFO secrets, so I can't declassify them. Meanwhile, Air, Area 51 continues to, like, doing its thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, regardless of all that, I still think it, she might have said it. So I'm going to go with Bailey. Does not have a red headband. Bandana. Frederick. Am I continuing my streak? Congratulations. Yes! <laughs> you have finally... Found the incorrect answer. There's a little bit of gimme because I know how close you uh, follow Elizabeth Warren stock Bailey. Um, I am, but yes, that is incorrect. Uh, as far as I know, Bailey or Bailey may have re- worn a red bandana, but it was not speculated to be in support of moderate voters. That would be crazy. <laughs> be absolutely wild. Um, but Amy Klobuchar. Uh, was quoted suggesting that if she was elected, she would declassify UFO secrets, and she is not the that's, only one to do so. That's my favorite journalism um, term ever. Of she was quoted as suggesting. Uh huh. <laughs> but Bernie Sanders and Andrew Yang have both also suggested that they would okay. Well, declassify UFO well, secrets. That definitely checks out for Andrew Yang. I yes. think Bernie is just like saying stuff. He's <laughs> just throwing things out there. Most likely. Anyhow. He's like, UFOs, misogyny, which one will work? (laughs) (laughs) On that note, (laughs) this is all we have for this episode of 2020 Fever. 
Maya's ill. I'm ill. It's winter quarter. It's That's somehow Fred. only week three. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>